Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey, everyone. This is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. Today is March the 21st. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. If you're a brand new listener, this is the podcast where we talk about building a better kind of online business, better being defined as one that has less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Yes, I know it's not grammatically correct, but it is very easy to remember when you put it that way. You want a business that isn't going to lead to a nervous breakdown, and I have to tell you that success really isn't success when if you have the right dollar amounts that you're looking for or more, but yet the quality of your life is suffering, you don't sleep well at night, you're always worried about keeping people happy, you're always worried about sales and numbers and all of that, all of that leads to an overall dissatisfaction of life, and just having more money does not compensate for that for very long. Now, the simple fact of the matter is, The more moving parts you have, the more potential for bigger problems, bigger headaches that you'll have down the line. And so today, thanks to technology, thanks to the systems that are available, we can build something that is better, something that doesn't require a lot of moving parts, something that doesn't require a huge overhead. And most of us who listen to this podcast are, we fall into the category of freelancers, solopreneurs, teachers of many different kinds consultants, service providers, and so forth. We're personal brands. Yes, we may employ people from time to time, but basically we are the business. If we disappear, more or less the business would disappear along with us. Now, somebody, yes, could step in potentially and take things over and run it, but primarily people are buying from you because of you. They're doing business with your company because of you. And so your personal brand has more visibility than even your company brand does. As a matter of fact, your company brand is probably writing off the reputation of your personal brand. When I realized that for myself, it changed the way I did everything. It changed the way I saw the future and how I was planning for it. Now, one of the things I want to share with you today, there are a few things that I don't want to say I was worried about how I was going to come across, but I was a little more concerned than usual because of these topics and certain emotions and feelings that are connected to the topics I'm going to talk about today. I'm just going to jump right in and start talking about it. Lately, I've noticed more people than perhaps in the past, and I've seen this come in waves, I guess you might say, where I see a bunch of people doing this and then it kind of subsides and a bunch of people are doing this. But I see people advertising lately how much money they're making each and every month, while at the same time or seeming to be bragging about how little time it took to make it. Matter of fact, I thought I saw one person saying it, but it turned out there were two, basically saying they were making ten to $20,000 a month while only working four to six hours a month, and making it seem like they had that less moving parts approach. Only a few moving parts, and they were making this money. And when you see people like this posting all the time on social media regularly, and I was checking out some of their other posts too, they are active on social media. It led me to take another step and do a little bit of digging. And I started with the math. 
So let me just share this with you. Let's say that you're making posts on social media and interacting with people for only 15 minutes a day. Now, unless someone else is logging in using their personal profiles, which is doubtful because these individuals can be seen obviously engaging with others in the thread, asking them questions about what they're doing and how they're doing it. I mean, it takes a, a few minutes. So I came up with a number, and I think it's kind of low. Let's say these individuals are only spending 15 minutes a day on social media. We can be talking about they're interacting on the threads underneath their videos on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, wherever, where, whatever platform they're using, Twitter. But if you do the math, 15 minutes a day times, let's say, 30 days, that's 450 minutes. So now there's 60 minutes in an hour. So if we did the math and divided that, right, 450 minutes divided by 60, would give us seven and a half hours. So if they're telling the truth and they're only spending 15 minutes a day, right, then, then obviously they can't even be spending that much time a day because that comes to seven and a half hours. They were saying they were making all this money in four to six hours. So... It would appear, at least by looking at the posts that they make and the consistency of their posts, that they must be spending all their time on social media, but who's running the rest of the business? When do they find time to meet with their teams? When do they find time to plan and strategize, to create products? So maybe we have the numbers wrong. Maybe we want to take off for the weekends. Maybe they don't work on the weekends. That's why that seven and a half hours is above the four to six hours they claim to be working. So if we do that, right, 15 minutes a day, Saturday and Sunday, we, we subtract that. That's 30 minutes per weekend. So that would give them in a month, two hours back. So again, if you look at that, we drop from seven and a half hours to five and a half hours. Again, there is an obvious disconnect there between what they're telling you, what they're selling, and what people are actually buying. Now, quick commercial. Today's episode is sponsored by two of my own personal marketing resources. The first is the digital, digital strategist newsletter. And the second is my coaching program at the one to many system. Now the digital strategist newsletter is my free monthly newsletter, which is released at the end of every month, usually on the 23rd or the 24th. It's absolutely free. And this product is designed to help give you some insights that can help you think and Maybe think a little bit clearer about your own marketing strategies. Consider some options maybe that you hadn't before. If you haven't checked that out, back issues are available there as well. It's at jimsnewsletter.com. Go ahead and check that out. And one-to-many-system.com, this is for people who are struggling to build a complete marketing and sales system. I know a lot of people, you're a service provider or you, you're focusing on your product creation and when all is said and done, you have an incomplete marketing and sales system. And so this program I've designed to remove all the guesswork and confusion from building both of those things and having a complete system. That includes the website, the marketing strategy, all of it. Once you learn the framework, you can apply it to your current projects, your future projects, as, and as well as to client projects. So that's available at one-to-many-system.com. If you haven't checked that out already, go ahead and do that. Now, when I look at business systems, every business has multiple systems that they use in their daily functions. So you have a system for keeping track of your finances. You have systems for paying taxes. 
You have a system for working with clients. You have a system for supporting clients, creating content, providing your service. And so in the big picture of things, a marketing system is just another system. It's really no different. It helps you keep organized and it helps you follow what needs to be done step by step so that you don't have to commit anything to memory. The system comprised of software or templates or whatever you have is designed to do just that so that you don't have to just wing it each and every time and hope you didn't miss anything. All right, let's get back to what we're talking about. That's enough of systems. I'm going to talk a little bit more about systems later on, but let's get back to what I was talking about. All right, so the person that's making large amounts of money every month and working only a handful of hours a month to get it, I have to say this about that. I believe that the internet marketing niche is about the only niche in the world where people brag about how much money they're making and how little time they're doing it in. Now, some people say, oh, I'm not bragging. I'm going to, I have a few thoughts on that too, but let me just put that to the side a minute and ask you a question. Imagine other professions doing that. The, the wealthiest, most well-off people that you know, do they talk about how much money they're making every month and how little time they're spending doing it? Can you imagine like a Jeff Bezos talking about who owns Amazon, how much money he's making every month? Well, I know that is kind of like a public knowledge thing. or But any of these people that you care to think of, people that are recognized as some of the wealthiest, Elon Musk, all of those people, have they ever bragged about how much money they're making and how little time they're making it in? Matter of fact, if you listen to them, you go back, you listen to Steve Jobs and all of these people, all of these people working incredible amount of hours. Well, if they were so smart, how come they didn't figure out a system where they can make all that money in just a fraction of the time that it took to make, make it in? You know, unfortunately, a lot of them put so much time in, they went through a lot of personal problems due to how much time, how much energy, how much of their thought life they invested in putting their business together. Now, if you know some wealthy people that you're friends with, people that you know personally, and you ask them how much money they make every month, do you think they're going to be eager or excited to share the numbers with you? Can you think of anybody besides people in internet marketing who are going to be excited to share those numbers with you? Matter of fact, if you're younger, you have parents, Imagine asking your parents how much money they make every month. What do you think they would have told you? Probably told you it's none of your business. Matter of fact, even if, you, if you're older and your parents are elderly and you ask them that question, probably the only time that they'll share that information with you is when they're nearing the end of the line, right? Uh, and, and even then, if you come from a really wealthy family, a lot of those individuals you won't find out, their children won't find out, their family members won't, found out, won't find out what was left until the reading of the will. And why is that? Because it creates animosity, it creates envy, it creates strife between people. That's why. Now, I don't know what's in anyone else's heart when they appear to be bragging online. And I just know that they often follow up statements like, hey, I'm making this amount, or look how much my business made last month and the month before that and the month before that. I don't know what's in their heart, so I don't want to say that these are bad people. That's not what I'm saying. So please just understand that. 
Now, then I, I, the reason why I'm putting that in right now is because a lot of us at different times in our life, depending on where we're at, have done things, have said things, have presented ourselves in ways that we will not do today. You get where I'm coming from? In other words, in hindsight, we make changes because we recognize that, hey, that wasn't the way to do it. For any of you guys out there, you have a significant other, you're married, whatever, do you remember how you acted towards women when you were kind of like in your teen years and some of the pickup lines that you were totally embarrassed that you used and some of the things that you said? You know, of course you wouldn't want people judging you based on what you said back then because you outgrew, well, hopefully you outgrew that and you began to understand that people are people. And that honest, open communication will be better off for you in the end than putting on some kind of an act. Because when you're honest and open, you really don't have anything to hide. But I don't, and I don't want to say that people who are marketing like this have anything to hide again or that they're bad people. But what I'm saying is, is that we are affected by whatever we're around. And when you get into areas of marketing and publicity and all of that, then a lot of this goes back to 50 years ago, 75 years ago, 100 years ago. You can study how grifters chose their marks and how they took advantage by knowing the psychological triggers that they could influence people mechanically just by being aware of certain things. And you, you, know, you can read biographies about people who did this for a living, people that robbed other people for a living. You can... You can understand where they were coming from, why they did it, and what is 100%, regardless whether they're talking about people from 100 years ago or 50 years ago or even in recent times, their end is always the same. Everything always collapses, and they always regret the fact that they made their fortunes, so to speak, taking advantage of other people. But sometimes we just get so caught up in, well, this is how marketing is done. This is how headlines are written. And these are why we do certain things that, and I don't want to say that we justify it. Maybe we don't think about it. Maybe we don't want to think about it, but it is what it is. It's there. But when you begin to see this kind of information really affecting people in a bad way, especially in a time where we are now, where people are struggling, some people to pay their monthly bills, when people are struggling to get their businesses ahead, when people are looking to build something that will provide for them and their family in the years to come, you hate to see other people out there who these people are vulnerable to, like wolves scouting out or, or getting ready to attack sheep. So, and again, like I said, I'm not pointing out anyone particular, and I'm not saying what they're doing is even bad. I'm just judging it for how I see it, and how I see it today is different than how I saw it 10 years ago. Now, some people may say, <clears throat> they may follow it up by saying something like, I'm not bragging. I don't mean to brag. I'm just trying to show you what's possible. Well, the very fact that they have to have that disclaimer tells you that they recognize the fact that what they're saying can be interpreted as bragging. Now, I'm sure that some people who see and hear things like this do find it encouraging. Wow, that guy is making or that woman is making X number of dollars and they're only working... Let me boost that number up a little bit. 15 hours a month or 20 hours a month. I'm sure that some people do find it encouraging, especially if they're just getting started. 
especially if they're just turning the corner and they're looking to build something better for their future. But I can also imagine that there being many more people who hear that and end up experiencing negative thoughts and feelings about it. Envy is a great example of this. Envy is one of the most complex emotions I think that a person can feel. Because at the same time, it's like there's a sense of excitement, a sense of desiring to achieve something mixed in with negative feelings like resentment at times. And let me, let me try and word this a little bit better. I heard somebody say this for the first time when I was a teenager. And what they said to me was, people are generally happy to hear that you're doing well as long as you're not doing better than they are. And over time, I've modified that to read like this. People in general are happy to hear that you're doing well as long as you're not doing a whole lot better than they are. Because that feeling of envy is also mixed with feelings of frustration or inferiority. So let's say you provide a service and you've been working at it for four or five years, trying to build your business. And then someone comes along who started maybe after you. And they're making 10 times what you're making, seemingly doing it with a fraction of the effort. Or feelings of dissatisfaction because you compare what they have and what they've built to what you have and to what you've built. And so that has kind of like that domino effect where the first domino falls, the negative thoughts come, the criticism comes, and you can see it live if you actually just read down the post. And I see it in ads all the time. Somebody talking about how much money can be made and how easy it is and how great all of these things are. And again, yeah, I understand totally where that person's coming from as a marketer. They don't want to talk about how horrible their product is, but they want to point to certain things that are definitely in the plus column, not the minus column. Hard work doesn't sell. But the fact of the matter is it takes time, it takes effort, it takes focus to accomplish anything that has meaning, value, and worth to it in this lifetime. You know, there's an old story in the Bible about a king named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had just overcome some really critical issues in his life. One was sickness that he almost died from. And he recovered. And there, everything was restored again. And he was living his life. And what happened was he allowed vanity to get the best of him. And he revealed how much wealth he had to the king of Babylon, to another country, boasting about it. After that happened, God told him that as a result, the future generation of his people were going to be taken as captives to Babylon. Now, it didn't happen immediately. It happened down the road. Why? Because he revealed all of the wealth, all of the, all of the good things. What were we talking about just a few minutes ago? People are happy to hear that you're doing well as long as you're not doing better than they are. Yes, extreme prosperity does create a large 
amount of envy. It does create a large amount of people feeling inferior, people feeling dissatisfied. It does create a lot of negativity. This has been known for years. This isn't anything new. And yet we see people using marketing to create that same type of response, that same trigger over and over and over again. You know, sometimes we make bad choices in life and the choices in our life at the time is just like kindling to the fire. We don't see the flames yet. We experience them down the road. If you've been married and divorced, maybe you can nod your head and say, yeah, I know what it's like to make the wrong decision. Maybe it was just something that seemed too good to be true at the time, or you saw what you wanted to see and you ignored the other things. Okay, let's keep on going. Now, if you've made the effort already in your life to get rich quickly, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There was a story about a guy that was a counterfeiter. He lived hundreds of years ago. I heard the story about 20 years ago, and recently I tried to figure out who this guy was and do a little research, but I couldn't find the information. But as the story goes, he was a painter, he lived in a village, he created counterfeit money. One day he was caught, I guess because the ink bled or something like that when it got wet. The police went and they arrested him and they went through his home. They turned everything upside down to discover, you know, where the hidden money was, where he was creating the, the fake money. And but they also discovered an amazing collection of paintings that he had painted. And at his sentencing, this was brought up, and the judge asked, why didn't you sell your paintings to make a living? Obviously, you're very talented, and the works themselves, people were really amazed by what this guy had created when they saw it because they didn't know. Why did you decide to create counterfeit money instead, he was asked. And his answer was that it was fast, easy money. I can't tell you how many times from the age of 17 to 25 where I, you know, this is back when magazines were kind of popular and business opportunity magazines in particular. I used to love going through them and ordering different products out of those magazines because all of them seem to promise faster, easier money. Now, nobody ever really comes out and says it's fast and easy. But when you read the story and you begin to identify with the storyteller, it draws you in. And you can easily see that same thing happening to you. And so what happens? You order the package, you get it in. Well, it just so happens that I had several friends that had the same business success addiction that I did. They were a little older than me, but we all shared that. We all had that commonality. And so eventually we decided to put our heads together and we would all order the same package, but we would all chip in so it cost less. And we went after package after package after package, and all of it seemed easy until it wasn't. In other words, all of the plans, all of the systems, everything seemed easy. But sooner or later, there came a time where you had to really double down and go all in on your focus, on your energy, on your creativity to make this happen. And wouldn't you know that that was just about the time that we all looked at each other and said, well, let's, let's go ahead and look at something else. Why? Because it wasn't as easy as it was made out to be. Anything in life that has meaning and value requires work, time, and effort. And that's exactly what it takes to build a real business. It takes work, it takes time, and it takes effort. And to be completely transparent about it, it's been my personal experience that everything feels 
harder, more difficult, more challenging than it should be, especially when you find yourself in one of three places. Either you're just starting out or you're starting something new or you're changing directions. You've already been heading in a direction. It feels like you've gone as far as you can go. So you begin to change directions. Or number three, you begin to experiment with new ideas and you're continuing to go down the path you're already going down. The point is there is a psychological aspect to success in which people are trying to avoid the pain while securing the gain. And for the most part, we're lied to when it's implied that we can get around doing the work. And I would say a lot of sales copy, a lot of videos, podcasts, everything are designed on purpose to imply that, if not right out, say it. But really, in the big picture, there aren't any shortcuts to mastery, and it doesn't make any difference what you're doing. For example, if there's someone making 10K a month while working 10 hours a month, how many hours of learning, how many hours of testing and experimenting did it take to get to that place? And that person is telling newbies, like a dangling a carrot out there, that they're going to be able to get there quickly. And the fact that a few can and a few do, now nobody really follows up to see if it was sustainable. Usually they'll say it was a certain amount per month. And the implication without actually saying it is that they replicated that in months two through 12. But nobody actually goes through and says literally that. It's the same thing with screenshots of making different amounts of money. Now that is happening, but it's not happening for the multitude. It's happening for the few. And I don't say that to discourage anybody because you can get there. But it takes work to get there. Can you ride off the coattails of someone else's experience to shortcut your own journey? Once again, you can shortcut your way to getting systems in place. Systems are important. I'm not going to say they're not. That said, a system is not mastery. You can learn a new process or a system, and that can be highly beneficial in your business. But you still have to invest time in learning the new system or learning the new process before you'll become proficient with it, before you'll feel comfortable with it. Now, here's something to think about when it comes to the future of any business. Isn't it true that you and I bring a certain amount of value into our marketplaces? So one of the most straightforward ways to increase your income is to reassess the value of what you're doing, the value of what you're providing others in your space right now. Now, if that value was seen as high, you know it because people have responded to your offers. People have responded to your products. And that's when scaling really makes sense. That's when you can plug these systems in and they will work for you. Now, a lot of times, a lot of people, especially if you're technical, you want to have all the systems in place first. You want to have all of that done. And I understand that because that's my natural way of thinking. So if we're going to build a business, let's get all the mechanical stuff up front done out of the way. For example, imagine you and I, we decide we're going to open a store. We're going to sell cakes of some kind. And our cakes, as it turns out, we get all the systems in place, everything that we need. But the cake, the actual thing we deliver, the thing that has to have the end value to the end user, to the consumer, is really average at best. You and I open a store to sell cakes, but as it turns out, our cakes are average. But you and I are really nice people. And we enjoy being around, talking with, conversing with other people. And so that compensates for the fact that, at least a little bit, that our cakes are kind of average at best. So we are surviving in our new business. Now, looking in that scenario, 
Would a better marketing system be the key to a more prosperous future for this business? Or how about if we decide that we're going to go all in on video creation? And that's where we're going to share the secrets of making our average tasting cakes. What if we fired our baker in favor of a new AI bot that took our average ingredients and made average cakes using an automated system? The point I'm making here is simply this. Until we figure out, you and I, how to create a better final product or a better final result for the people buying it, we're more or less going to stay stuck where we are business-wise for the foreseeable future. And as much as I love systems and as much as I love automation, those things can only take us so far. Now, if we have a great product, wow, the systems, the automation can transform everything. But nothing can overcome the fact that we have an average product when we in fact have an average product. Mediocrity is not our friend and never will be. Systems and automation deliver what can only be described as an average result for a lot of people in the business world today. Systems and automation delivering average value day in and day out. And when all is said and done, at least in this example that I'm giving now, as the business owners, it would be up to you and I to do something about it. Average is highly forgettable. So it's really up to you and I with whatever we're creating, whatever we're producing, whatever we're offering to do the work, to master our individual crafts, whatever they may happen to be, and to bring real value, long-term value into our business space. Now, we're almost at the 30-minute mark, so let me end this with a cautionary tale about shortcuts, about something seeming too good to be true. Let me tell you a little bit about Bernie Madoff. Now, I'm sure that most of you are familiar with who he was. He passed away not that long ago, but I believe he was sentenced to about 150 years in prison, if I remember correctly, because of the, basically he ran the largest scam, the largest Ponzi scheme ever. But before all of that, he was able to gain the trust of his investors through a combination of factors. First, he had a very long and very successful career in the financial industry. He had his own firm, established it in 1960, and he also served as the chairman of the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, which gave him a very high level of visibility as well as credibility in the financial world. So that is the, that's the first foundation of what made what would come later so believable to so many people. He actually had credibility, legitimate credibility. But what he did was he promised his investors consistent high returns which he claimed was achievable through a complex and very secretive investment strategy. Now, does this pattern sound familiar to you? If you were here 30 minutes ago when we started this episode, I'm sure it does. And he also presented himself as a savvy and experienced investor who had access to exclusive investment opportunities that weren't available to the general public. Do you see this pattern? We can apply this to Bernie Madoff's situation. We can apply it to many of the things that you're seeing each and every day online. But Madoff had this reputation for success, and then he combined it with his promises of high returns and access to exclusive investment opportunities, secrets, if you will. 
And those things together made him a very highly attractive investment manager for many, many wealthy, intelligent people and organizations. Unfortunately, it was later discovered that his investment strategy was actually nothing more than a Ponzi scheme in which you continually have to have new influxes of cash, injections of millions of dollars to keep this moving forward. And the reason why he was able to keep it going for so long was because he was simply shifting the cash from point A to point B, because not everyone was requesting a return on their investment at the same time. It's just like a run on the bank. If you're not familiar with that, the bank may have X number of deposits in there, but maybe only one-tenth of that is available for cash withdrawal. And when everything went sideways back in 2008, when people began their quote-unquote run on the bank, when people began to turn their investments into cash, he was not able to meet those demands. And so that's when they discovered that the entire thing was nothing more than a house of cards. And that, unfortunately, is what much of the online marketing and digital marketing space has become today. The promise of fast, easy money is an age-old con, and it's alive and well on social media in 2023. It can suck in the good. It can suck in well-meaning people as well as some not-so-good people. With the amount of time that it takes to look into all of these golden promises people make, you may as well use that time to build something solid something that can stand the test of time. All right, I guess that's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was eye-opening in many ways. If you believe it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them or send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Back episodes can be found there as well. As always, your sharing of this podcast as a whole or as an episode link in part can really help me reach people who would otherwise be very difficult to reach. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for sharing. Have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you later. Thank you.